Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of uh, the podcast, Let's Talk ICP. Today, in the episode number 12, we have with us the founder of Catalyze, Mr. Raymond Aracueta. Thank you so much, Ray, for being with us today. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Great. Um, okay, yeah. First of all, as always, could you please, Raymond, to introduce your, yourself? What is your background and experience uh, as an entrepreneur, uh, portfolio manager, business management before to start on the blockchain world? Sure. So, yeah, like you said, I'm the CEO and uh, founder or one of the co-founders of Catalyze Software. Uh, the company is about three years old. We initially founded in 2019 as a as Oblivion Software, and I thought that was not a very positive name. So uh, mm -hmm. earlier this year, we, we changed it to Catalyze, and then we renamed the product also Catalyze. Um, that's kind of how we approached that name. Uh, and the idea with Catalyze is just, you know, a change agent. That was whole the whole part of what we're trying to do is to support people who are driving change. Uh, in terms of my background, so in addition to running the company, uh, I do a lot of product development, product design work. So a lot of the UI stuff um, and feature sets that you see in Catalyze are things that I've helped develop in terms of concepts and, and, and market need. Prior mm -hmm. to running a software company, um, I spent over 20 years at a research company called Gartner, uh, Gartner.com, if you want to look it up. Uh, Gartner.com, I think, is the largest uh, IT research company in the world, and it's been that way for quite some time. And so at that, in that role or at that company, I did everything from being a, a, an analyst, uh, studying collaboration software, high-performance teams, uh, implementation, implementation of um, internet protocols inside of, you know, corporate you know, firewalls. And then I got into strategic planning, uh, product development. I ran a $70 million product portfolio for about eight years. And I also launched a couple of IT events while I was there. And at the end of the time I was there, I managed a group of about 70 analysts who focused on uh, CIO research, things like strategy, operations management, and all of that. Prior to that, um, I was a, a bond portfolio manager and an equity uh, analyst. So as a portfolio manager, I managed about a billion dollars in assets in bonds and preferred stock. And as an equity analyst, I covered mostly the technology sector. So I was covering tech stocks uh, as an analyst before that. Now, hopefully that helps give you kind of a, a background on myself. Wow. Yeah. Super interesting career. Yeah. It's like a IT, also portfolio management, business, entrepreneurship. Yeah. It's like super interesting. And uh, after that, uh, yeah. And how you start like um, building something on, on the Web3, what, what attracted you initially to the blockchain world mm -hmm. and why you decided to deploy um, Catalyze uh, on the ICP, how, how you meet like Internet Computer Protocol, just your introdu introduction to the blockchain world. Sure, sure. So um, as an analyst, uh, I had a couple of people on my team that were studying blockchain. So my interest in blockchain started probably 2017, uh, around that time frame. And then in 2019, when we started the company. We initially had planned to build on blockchain, you know, ironically. And then we looked at a few chains that were out back then. We didn't think they were mature enough. What we wanted to do, they couldn't really do. And the user experience was still far too technical. Uh, and then obviously the market declined and we had... Uh, you know, a bear market in and around that time frame. 
So we decided to, you know, steer away from blockchain. Then, uh, what, two years ago, we started looking at it again. And I, that's when I came across Definity. And one of the things that attracted us to Definity was the fact that they were trying to build something that was seamless, right? You know, where the, the wallets and all of the overhead of crypto was not put in front of every user if they didn't want it, right? I think it, that was the thing that was most appealing. So broadly speaking, we like the idea of decentralized control, ownership, censorship management, you know, where users can control the narrative. Um, but we also wanted something that had a very low friction to adoption. You know, as a researcher at Gartner and talking to Apple and Microsoft and, and IBM and other big companies, one of the biggest challenges they have with new technology is adoption friction. How hard is it to go from what you're using to what you're trying to sell somebody um, mm -hmm. or, and sell them? And you have to make it pretty seamless or no matter how great the features are, it'll be a struggle to grow uh, a client base. And what I liked about Definity when I saw it and the things they were talking about in their white paper and, you know, in their roadmap was that they were aware of this, right? That, you know, blockchain is incredibly cool. It doesn't mean that everybody needs to know everything about it and, and it has to be in their face. It has to be seamless. And I think even for Definity, it's going to be a journey of how do we make this so invisible to regular users that they don't know this is just a great app that does great things and it empowers me and I can earn tokens and I can do things and connect with people. But the technology is not always in my face. I'm highly aware that I'm using a blockchain app. And so that's, you know, kind of why we, we started drifting towards uh, Definity. And then mm -hmm. we tried to get into a hackathon in 2021. And none of us knew Matoko. We, we just didn't know about it. The hackathon had already started and we were trying to catch up. And we were trying to find anybody to help us take what we were working on and, and do an MVP or something. We just couldn't find anybody. They'd already started the teams. So we said, we pulled out. And then they reached out to us and said, hey, so you pulled out. Um, you, you should, you know, reconsider. We told them what was going on. And they said, we've got a grant program coming up. Be on the lookout for that. So when it, you know, when openly applied, and I think we were one of the first five companies that got any of the Definity grants. Uh, it was Rick Porter and myself and a couple of other guys, uh, teams that were launched, you know, in that kind of May timeframe uh, where we got grants and we started going. And that was really, they say, all that's all she wrote. Uh, after that, we were hooked. And we spent the summer prototyping some stuff for the grant. And then we wrote a light paper in the fall of 21. And then we launched Catalyze, the product that we were just released earlier this month um, in 2022. So it was kind of a slow start, a lot of looking from far away. Then we jumped in with both feet. And now here we are. Great. Okay. And yeah, for people, like because we are starting to talk about... Um, the, the Catalyze, but um, for people maybe the community maybe doesn't know anything about Catalyze. Catalyze is like it's a decentralized social platform uh, on the internet computer blockchain uh, yes. where web web three communities can evolve in a safe and open uh, environment, and is designed to host engaged and thriving web three communities. Um, it's like a like an alternative to Discord. Uh, but with mm -hmm. more features and, and totally decentralized. Like before to dig in more into the project in, in, in exactly in what is Catalyze, 
what is your vision about Catalyze and why you start to create Catalyze? What is your idea behind uh, Catalyze? Well, I mean, as part of the, the prototype building for the grant last year, and we, were, we had a much smaller ambition. It was just to build, you know, a social oriented, you know, ch chat app that ran on a phone. Um, but mm -hmm. one of the things that, you know, as a researcher, I, I've talked to hundreds of community managers, probably more than that in terms of community members. And, you know, most of them were either on Discord or Telegram, some were on Slack, not, not a huge amount, but there was definitely some Slack in there. Uh, though that's uh -huh. usually more to run companies than it is to build public communities in, in the Web3 space based on my experience. Um, and they're all fine products, but one of the things that kept coming up when we were talking to people was it's ironic that we're all such huge fans of Web3 and blockchain, and yet every single one of us is using Web2 tools to build these companies <laughs> yeah. and, to, and, and to build the communities. And it's very hard from a lot of different perspectives. I mean, I get why. I mean, I totally understand why. I mean, we use Discord, you know, internally, and we will, we're shifting over to Catalyze, but we, we before we built it, that's that's what people used. And there's definitely mm -hmm. a, you know, if it's not broke, don't break it mentality in tech. So it's there, and so everybody just started using it. And then they started asking themselves, why are we using this thing? It wasn't built to build communities in the way we need them. And, and the reason I say that is, and this is kind of why we decided to build Catalyze. In Web3 companies, if you look at their way they're structured and the way they run their organization, they tend not to spend a huge amount of money on marketing and heavy duty brand development as a rule. You know, they're focused mostly on R&D and then they use the network effects of community to build the customer base. Most NFT launches that have been successful and most projects have started off as Discord or Telegram channels or Twitter accounts, trying to get a lot of people to be interested in what's coming. And then once they, you know, have it, you know, the promises are going to airdrop tokens to them, or they're going to get NFTs, or they're going to get whitelisted. And so all the contests and the giveaways and the quizzes is kind of how Web3 startups treat marketing and brand development. And unfortunately that's not sustainable right you eventually run out of money to give away nfts you, you can't have a new nft collection every two weeks and what they were finding even last year but certainly this year and in the last six months definitely um when you stop giving stuff away when the whitelisting is no longer effective those communities you know and i'll say that in quotes on discord start to quiet down the number of users drops, the number of conversations starts to go down, and then you have a bear market where the pricing goes down, and then you lose even more people uh, in those ecosystems. And so we needed to build something in our mind that would keep people engaged no matter what was going on, right? So to replace the giveaways and the games and all of the prizes with, you know, tokens for their contribution. You know, if we're going to talk about a product that's eight months away, I can't just keep giving you stuff to have you hanging around until the product comes out. I want to engage with you and learn from you and, and have a community ready to invest or buy my product or do whatever it is that I want them to do and understand that, you know, there's things in it for them that are valuable beyond just gift giving and, and giveaways and prizes. And so the combination of, you know, we're not eating our own dog food, right? We're not building these companies on Web3 platforms and we, we need to do that. Right. It could be credible with the billions of people who are not on blockchain and it's billions. If yeah. they see us using the same thing they're using 
to try to get them to use our Web3 stuff, they're going to think, mm, I don't know about this. If it was so great, why are you using the stuff we're using telling me it's no good at the same time? So mm -hmm. we, we felt we needed to build something that was built on Web3 from the ground up, and it was designed to help you build communities that are scalable, that are reliable, lasting, and, and self-fulfilling, you know, self-automating. And this whole idea of DAOs is kind of part of what we're doing, but not directly. But what I mean by that is a, a CEO of a company or a DAP or blockchain or a you know, social cause that's using blockchain, they don't have the resources to run a 20,000 person channel indefinitely. It's expensive, it's complicated. And so they really need the community to take over itself. To, to be self-driving and have ownership, right? We talk about governance tokens and owning something. Well, it's not just physically owning the token. It's having the emotional commitment to help build the community and keep it thriving and keep it growing. And people are kind of conflating governance and democratic voting models with emotional connection. And, and, and that, that's really lacking, I think, in a lot of these things. And so we wanted to build something that would help drive that and establish that. And so that's what Catalyze, that's why we built Catalyze. And, and it's very early in its journey. Um, there's a lot more that we have to do, mm -hmm. but the incentive models are going to be designed to reward you for contributing. And on the, on the data and analytics side, it will eventually help community managers understand who their leaders are, how mature their community is, what it's capable of doing, and, and really grow from there. That makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, for sure, makes sense. Yeah, we need to uh, exactly as you mentioned, we need to avoid the just the hype for uh, avoid just like now it's like uh, um, NFTs or gifts or whatever, and we have a lot of Web two communities. But then after that, start to reduce the users and people continues uh, using Web two tools instead of Web Web three. And the, the good thing of Web three um, uh, social platforms as a catalyst is for sure like decentralization, security is really important, scalability, no censorship, and no bots, no robots, no bots. It is something also pretty important. And uh, yeah. in 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 terms of uh, catalyst features. I think we can mention like a, a few of that that are super useful. But for instance, yeah, the direct communication, it, it means chat, voice, and video conferencing. You mentioned like you are working on, on this, uh, the, the video conferencing now. Yeah, also, yeah, event, yeah. Ma uh, event management, like a Twitter space in, in real time, tasks management. Also, like something pretty important, web tool bridging. It means Catalyze try to linking chats to our Web2 platforms, as uh, you mentioned, like Slack uh, or Discord. Yes. Other important thing is proof of humanity. Uh, yeah, making sure that we talk with human beings, not, not with bots. This is essential for the Web3 world. Uh, also, like more features about NFTs. Uh, yeah, maybe you can give us more info about these features and, and more that is implementing on Catalyze now. Sure, sure. So, yeah, I mean, you listed a lot. So mm. the, the the roadmap and the idea with, with any blockchain app that's in a space that is already populated by other vendors, you know, very well-known vendors, is that the first phase of it, you know, is, is kind of Web2 parity. You know, can you give them similar features so that when they start off, they have a decent base to begin with? It's not going to be 100%, you know, 
parity with Web2 products that have been around for five, six, 10 years that have hundreds mm -hmm. of developers and they've spent hundreds of millions of dollars in development. That's another issue that you know most Web3 startups face is that when you launch in a space that has Web2 leaders in it, they immediately compare you to what's already out there and you have to remind them, look, you know, they're, they're a huge company that spent hundreds of millions of dollars on development, you know, give mm -hmm. us a little bit of time to, to build our own answer to that fully. But so the stuff that you talked about, so, you know, D, you know, ch DMs, group DMs, channels, you know, voice and video chat, or what I call kind of web two parody stuff, whether it's discord or telegram or Slack. And so we have those, we'll be turning on video and voice chat, I think later this quarter. But then when we've added to that, you know, beyond the fact that you're, you're all on chain and you're logging in with your internet ID or, or, or wallet, is we've added the event management, because they're looking at, you know, these issues of automation of communities. We talked about it's hard as the communities get bigger for small software companies to manage them, to have enough admins or mods to keep things going. And so we need to make their, jobs easier so we look at the workflow steps that they ran oh how do you do an ama or how do you do a twitter space and what are all the things you have to lead up to it if you do online events or so like one day conferences or you know half day events how are you scheduling them how are you booking people how do people register for these things and it's all over the map either using some of the discord tools they're using bolt-ons they're using google's calendars they're using spreadsheets it was a it was kind of all over the place and so we created an event management module so you could actually define the event. Is it in real life? Is it online? If it's online, here's the URL. When does it start? When does it stop? What is it about? Go ahead and register. And then we made it very easy for people to do that. For the person who's putting on the event, they have all those tools. Like, here's my event. Here's why we're doing it. Here's where we're doing it. And they, they can see who's registered for it, how many people registered, then how many people actually showed up. Um, they can remind people and all that. And then they can have chat rooms, you know, a link to those conversations. So now you can talk about the event after it's over. And that's the biggest challenge with events. Think about Twitter spaces. Like you do it and you get 80 people, maybe 150. If you're famous, you get hundreds of people on it. You may get mm -hmm. 1,500 people that listen to it after you release the recording. You really don't have any way of interacting with those people. They're just gone, right? Yeah, you know, you cool. have a number. But how do you gain insight from those people who listen to the recording on a social network that has hundreds of millions of people on it? So we think the ability, sorry, to have that happen in platform will then allow you to follow up and engage those people afterwards. If you're going to build a second, you know, you know, catalyze spaces thing, you can actually build on the previous one. So there's continuity. Uh, same thing for task management. A lot of the stuff that communities do are volunteer based. You know, you, you offer to do things and you help with promotion, you bring people on board. So we have a lightweight task management function where you can, you know, assign tasks to people in the team to take over certain roles. Uh, we also have a crowd uh, sourcing model where if you need something done and you don't know who can help you do it, you can post it to a board and say, look, I need help with graphic design. I need an NFT artist for a launch. I need a, a UI designer for three weeks to do something. And now you can start to build kind of these internal communities, almost like little cities where you can find people that have different skills and, and bring them together. And, and those are all things that we heard in our conversations with uh, people who are running communities, not just web two versus web three, but just in general, these are the things that they have to do. And they were using three or four different tools, sometimes more to do them. 
And then you add in the complication of, you know, Web3 and NFT gating and all that. Now you have to pay for collab land or some other feature to bolt onto your platform. It's more cost. It's more complexity. Um, and it kind of digs you deeper into the Web2 hole, making it very difficult for you to, to get out. And so we want to have something as an alternative that is all in kind of all in one that, you know, helps mm -hmm. you with those things. And, and I think that's really the goal here is to make communities fun and easy to use and provide tools for users and community managers that makes the experience better, more straightforward and transparent. So as a member, I know how I'm valued. I earn tokens for what I do. My contributions are clear and I don't miss out on something. I know when an event's happening, if I miss it, I know where I can go find the recording. I don't have to go scrolling through Twitter to find all this stuff. It's right there. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And the other thing too, that, I, that I'm a big fan of is making big things smaller, which seems to be counterintuitive. If you think about web two's model, it's daily active users and it's owning data, right? So their, their motivation is to be, how big can we get? How big can, you know, Twitter, Discord, Facebook, Instagram, they just want bigger daily active users, monthly active users. They want to make it huge. I don't know anybody who has a lot of great friends in a community of 40,000 people. How do you connect with people? Where's the emotional connection? It's not really a community. It's just 40,000 people who signed up for something. And now you've got, you know, some number, usually less than 10% online at any given time. Usually it's, 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 you know, you know, one or 2%. And, and there's not a lot of lasting connections that happen there. And so by breaking things into smaller pieces and not trying to have, you know, your community discussions on Twitter with you and 10 million of your closest friends, you can actually have more targeted discussions with people in a bit more of an intimate setting. And when you want to market to millions of people, then you do it on Twitter. Um, I'm not going to get into the total Twitter, you know, governance strategy, but there are a lot of companies that try to execute policy by making tweets about what they think and what they feel. And it can be very disruptive to the market. And I'll just leave it at that, that, I'm, you know, if freedom of speech is totally great, but you wouldn't like, it's like having, you know, you're, you're having a, your kids and you're trying to teach them, you know, how to do something, ride a bicycle and you're yelling at them from 50 feet away versus being right there and helping them do something. There is definitely yeah. a benefit to being closer and more connected than just being in a huge crowd and yelling at people through a bullhorn. This is what I think. This is what I do. There's a place for both completely. But I think when you're talking about community building, people just want to feel valued and connected. And the other thing I'll say, then I'll switch back to you for more questions. Not everybody speaks English. Not everybody's comfortable with, you know, your core language. And so you leave a lot of people out unless you look for other ways to engage with them. And one of the things we're going to be doing is supporting multiple languages on the platform uh, as much as we can going forward, because everybody has something valuable to say. Everybody can provide, you know, help and vision. And I don't want things to be limited to, you know, a bunch of, you know, foreign language channels that get put into a server. And then there's not any cross pollination between people. We have to find a way to bring people together. I think that's the hardest yeah. not for me to crack right now. I'm trying to figure out how do I solve this problem? Because I want mm -hmm. everybody to be involved. There's so much that Web3 can do for people. And, you know, sometimes for people, language is a big barrier. Sometimes they're very shy and they don't want to talk on a spaces yeah. and they need another, another way of communicating another way of contributing. And I think that's the thing that you lose on platforms 
where their only goal is to get 500 million users on the platform. Those things you can't focus on intimacy and accessibility when you're trying to get to a billion people, to half a billion people. And I think one of the things that crypto can do is say you can make a business successful and it doesn't have to be you know, a billion people on one platform. Now, let's not duplicate what we did in Web 2 on Web 3. Let's make it smaller and more connected, not more faceless, nameless, and, and gigantic. Does that make sense to you? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm, I'm really on right now is how do I make you no, know, no, that's the, the world more intimate, closer, and more connected, not yeah. I'm collecting <clears throat> bodies for the sake of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing how you try to do all in one, all the things in one, and there's like a lot of challenges there, but uh, I love your, your perspective and how you try to, to connect and engage everybody to, to just one platform. And you, as you mentioned, like making big things smaller, and it's uh, it's common sense, but it's pretty difficult. Yeah, and another super interesting thing that is in Catalyze is about that the blockchain uh, is that multi-blockchain. It, it means you want to be global and, and also want to support other blockchains, not just the internet computer, as a part of your multi multi-chain strategy and uh, become uh, catalyze the first decentralized social platform to achieve uh, the multi-ecosystem uh, adoption and penetrate to the traditional social uh, media market. My question here is, uh, because it's uh, something like, uh, are you working on now? It is so difficult to try to like be like a multi-chain strategy, for sure with mm -hmm. internet computer and, and, and the Finity team is easier. <laughs> But my question is, uh, how you do uh, try to do this plan and have this strategy on, on uh, start to do it? And, and how, how, do you know which other blockchains you will start with? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, look, I mean, we, we started with a great home base, which is, which is Definity. You know, it, like I said, it, it's, it, it's the lowest friction blockchain out there. And I think mm -hmm. they work really hard to make it the lowest friction chain. Um, yeah. I think more people need to understand how hard they've worked to do something that is not inconsequential. Um, but in a world where people are not easily impressed with anything, <laughs> um, you know, we, we have electric cars that can go 500 miles and, and we have cars that can go, you know, zero to 60 in, in two or three seconds. And so it takes a lot to impress people these days. So that was a Herculean feat. And, and, you know, for us, the whole point of multi-chain is, is more along what I was just talking about, about inclusion. All right. Web3, regardless of the chain that you love, and people who are listening may love IC. They also may love, you know, Cardano. They may love, yeah. you know, Nier or Polkadot or Cosmos, right? And for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. They're all just one big collective group of people that have one probably very high level vision and in a lot of different ways of realizing it. And, and there's too many silos between them. And I'm talking about the people, but also the technology. So the, the, our goal for multi-chain is not necessarily just oriented towards, you know, using a bunch of different technologies and figuring out a way to make them work. I want to connect the people behind those chains. So in order to do that, sometimes it might just be, you know, currency support. Hey, you can swap from, you know, near to ICP to catalyze tokens and you're in. 
So you can log in with your near wallet and that's it. Some chains may say, we really want you to run on our chain. Is there any way you can do that? And so what we're mm -hmm. going to do is, and what we are doing is we're looking at different chains and saying, look, you know, do they need just liquidity support? So we have to figure out how to support their wallet, you know, swap from A to B so they can, you know, invest their liquidity on the platform if they're buying premium services or whatever they're doing um, to make it frictionless or low friction for them. And, you know, can we do that? And so we put them on a list. And then the, what blockchains have really thriving, great communities that are great for everyone to connect to, not just the people in that ecosystem, but they require for a variety of reasons, a native version to run in their ecosystem. And then we still have to connect it out to their Definities version or whatever. And then we have a list of those vendors. Mm -hmm. And when we look at the space, it's not so much the vendors, it's a community. So I've spent a lot of time this year, you know, with other blockchain communities to see what they think, you know, educate them about the IC, but also what are they doing? What do they like? What are their favorite NFT sites? What are they, you know, what apps are in their ecosystem? What do they think about other chains? And, you know, there is definitely an untapped opportunity to connect the people behind blockchain. I think that's really a key message for, you know, people who are listening about multi-chain for, for Catalyze. It's about connecting people in different ecosystems to do cool things. Imagine having a multi-chain hackathon to solve a problem of actually getting people to be able to share data between chains. What a novel idea. Each yeah. chain provider is trying to figure that problem out with themselves and their own ecosystem. You know, some of them are actively working with other chains other, and engineers, but the communities are made of a mix of users and engineers and developers. And so I envision, you know, the, the, the driver behind this really is to connect those people to do really cool things faster, mm -hmm. right? So that yeah. it's not just up to the chain provider to figure out, hey, you know, this is really cool. We love IC. Now please connect it to 14 chains tomorrow. Like the, you know, like it's gonna be magic. Okay, you know, where's yeah. this, the connection? I mean, it's like it's, it takes work. And it, it mm -hmm. also takes a willing party on the other side to make that work faster and, and more likely to be successful. But if you get the communities together to say, hey, look, we want to see cross-pollination of data and currency and dApps between these two chains or these 10 chains, um, I think that accelerates things. And, and so what we're trying to do on the people side is, you know, use multi-chain as a way to connect these communities together. So it's not, you know, the analogy I use, and it's a, it's a loose one, but it could be a lot of analogies you can use. Like people may like football, whether it's European or, or American, but they like their team the best. Right. And so they get very isolated. You know, I'm, I'm a Giants fan. I'm a Jets fan. And they have the T-shirt and the banners and they that's all they care about. Some people just love football and are, are supportive of the entire industry or the, the league. And I'm, I'm looking to bring those kind of people together and, and mix with the people who are super fans of one team, because ultimately the NFL or, you know, soccer leagues do well because people support the entire league not just teams within the league. In fact, leagues go out of their way to make sure there's parity in economics so no team goes out of business because every team's important. They play a role in the league. And I think to some degree that analogy sort of translates into the chain world where there are a lot of interesting blockchains. We're, we're probably not just going to have one. And if we do, it's going to be a long time before that happens, if it ever happens. And I don't know that it would. Mm -hmm. Um, but what does that mean? If you know you're going to have multiple chains for the foreseeable future, 
then you know, accelerating the integration of those chains and making them leverage their strengths and, 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 and shore up any weaknesses they have through collaboration, both at the community level and at the tech level, I think it's good for the industry. Yeah, if the industry sure. wants to be, if the industry wants to be billions of users, not millions or tens of millions, but billions, which I think it should strive for, then this whole idea of connecting people and tech cross chains is going to be really important. And we want to be in some small way a driver of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, in terms also of about funding in Catalyze, I see like recently you achieved your, your goals to get funds in the platform Crowdfund NFT. Congratulations. Yep. It's pretty Thank quick, you. just in, in less than a week, right? In, in four or five days? Or yeah, I, was like, I yeah, yeah, I think it was four or five days. And, you know, we had a, a little hiccup uh, on Monday, the last week, where people were still buying them, but there was there was no update. So people couldn't tell um, mm -hmm. what was going on. And we still were moving stuff along. So we were beyond happy about it we were doing it for a couple of reasons you know obviously funding is always important so you know i'll be very transparent you always need funding when you're coding it's, it's expensive but mm -hmm. we had the opportunity to support another ic project we took a chance on trying to do something you know bigger than it had been done before and i and i think i think sears coming in behind us now doing something even bigger um so i, I think we, hopefully this we, we did something to help you know, wake up the market, you know, that this IC community is strong, vibrant, and ready, you know, to help projects along. So I think we see more success there. But it was really for, you know, us as a as a company, you raise money a lot of different ways. You know, we have VCs, we have angels, we have community investors. We wanted to, you know, when the dust settles on our cap table, try to be as, as decentralized as we can in, in any different unique ways that we can. You know, there's a lot of obviously optical issues with with projects that are heavily VC funded, sometimes only two or three, whether it's a chain or a project um, that, that, that worry people. It stresses them out for a variety of reasons. And so we wanted to, to not end up in that situation. We wanted to be decentralized in, in every way we can. Uh, that's practical. So that, that's why we did it. You know, it's a way for us to also allow people who are not in a situation economically to participate in a private round or a seed round or and even a pre-sale round where the investment floors are very high relative to what they can invest. And so, you know, if we're successful uh, and working very hard to be successful, then I, I don't want the success to be limited to people who, you know, exclusively had a ton of money and, and only had access to these things in that you know kind of rarefied space. Now we value VCs tremendously. They they are critical um, for funding you know up to this point and and likely in the future. You know, things like SNS and direct funding models will start to evolve that option set for people. I think I'm very excited about the potential for that. But you mm -hmm. know in the interim, like anything else. Um, you have to keep things moving with the tools and the funding models that are in front of you in, at the moment. And so we're balancing that, you know, VC funding with, you know, community based funding. But yeah, I mean, if, if the broader question you're asking is like, how hard is funding to get, you know, obviously I would say two weeks ago, things were starting to ease up a bit in terms of funding being, you know, more challenging to work through longer decision cycles. Obviously last week's events, have you know given everybody a pause as you know there are people are navigating what's happening and what does it mean 
Um, you know, as a somebody who was a money manager, bond trader, and sat on a trading desk for over 10 years, I would just say, you know, my armchair analysis is that, you know, like everything else, do your own research. Don't get sucked into the titles of YouTube videos or, mm -hmm. you know, Twitter posts that it's Armageddon or this or that. We Nobody knows. This is the whole interesting thing about things like this. Um, the people who know aren't talking and the people who don't know are speculating. That's usually how things work when something bad happens. The people who know aren't talking and the people who don't know are speculating. They're giving opinions. They're titling, you know, videos and and posts on their opinions of what they think happened. And in this world of media, first kind of hit, get, breaking the story first, it's even more challenging to get to the heart of what's going on in the early days. So um, I'm hoping that as things work out, the industry learns from this and mm -hmm. all the great companies that are out there in every blockchain that have seen their funding like, you know, activity dry up last week because everyone just got paralyzed that that people realize that you know this is a great opportunity and we need to keep things moving we need to keep building and you know investment is a, is the lifeblood of, of these companies and you know fear is normal and it's okay and markets go down a lot they also can go up a lot and you know in the in the moment yeah. good or bad that's all you hear you get yeah, deafened to exactly. the voices in that moment right and so I, yeah, I think things right. will be, you know, will be okay. Go ahead. Okay. No, Raymond. Yeah, we we are on time. We, are, we only have like thirty minutes. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for 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 your time today. For stay with us. Uh, for explain how it works. Catalyze the amazing project. Good luck in the future for twenty twenty three and and the next years. And yeah, thank you so much for for stay with us today. It's like short time, only thirty minutes, but thank you so much for staying with, oh, with no. us today. It was great. I really do appreciate it. Uh, thank you. And if you have any more questions or get questions 